Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? That was weak. Let's go. How's everybody doing this morning? Amen. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. We're going to get started with a prayer. But before we get started, let me ask you, if you're a guest here today, you haven't been here in a while, if you have no idea who I am, you have not been here in 10 years. So it's time to fill out a guest card. Uh, so so we'd love to get you one of those. Hold your hand up. If we missed anybody, our ushers work hard at that when you come through the door. Anybody like that? We got one, right? Did you get a guest card? And you were here for Sunday school, so we probably missed you. We get one up front here, brother. Uh, they're looking for it. They're looking for it. All right, Brother Perry, you see where you're heading up here? You're going to the Packers. <laughs> Brett Favre needs one up here. Amen. Good to have you with us, my friend. Amen. Thankful you're here this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we do that and, uh, and ask the Lord to bless our services. I'm looking forward to what the Lord has for us today. Father, thank you again for the privilege again to assemble. Lord, thank you for the uh, just the the sweet spirit that comes when God's people, Lord, get together to come to worship you in fellowship and in, in truth and in spirit. And I just pray now, that, Lord, that everything we do, everything we say will glorify, will magnify that name that's above every name, our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. If there would be one here today who's never, Lord, ever had a day where they, they, they got to the end of themselves and, and they turn and they put their trust in you. I pray today would be their day of salvation. Lord, for your saints today, I pray they'd be encouraged. That I pray, Lord, they would be reminded reminded of some of the the wonderful comforting promises we have in scripture and just again just do just be in every part of our service right now as we get ready to sing praises to you i pray that you you just fill up our singers lord and and we would sing along with them and lord just uh uplift our voices and praise by song and and then again just uh for the preaching time lord bless the the teaching and the preaching of the word of god may your spirit do what no preacher can do and that's to take the truth from the scripture, apply it to our hearts, and, and change us, and mold us, and make us, and conform us into your image. We'll give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for it, because you're worthy of every bit of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Mike, for warming them up uh, before I said good morning. <laughs> Well, hey, as you can see, there's some beautiful Christmas decorations around. Thank you, Miss Shirley, and all those who are doing that. Excellent, excellent job. This is an exciting time of year when we get to uh, look back and see how Christ came and he was born. Uh, ultimately, he, he came to die and to give his life a ransom for many. And as Pastor Mike was mentioning in prayer, our whole goal is to adore, to worship, and uh, to give honor to God. So please stand as we start with the worship part with O Come, All Ye Faithful. And in the chorus, how it says, O Come, Let Us Adore Him. Let's truly do that this morning. Let us adore our Lord Jesus Christ.
is worthy of every single <clears throat> aspect of praise, thanksgiving, uh, and honor that we can give him. And again, he came and he died for our sins, paying the sacrifice that we could not uh, pay. And so let's sing, Worthy of Worship. Oh, oh, oh. 
somebody around you, go ahead and say <clears throat> as best that they can hear you, and it's good to see him in the house of the Lord today. <laughs> you may have a seat. <clears throat> and again, as we just sung, uh, <clears throat> about looking in forward to the anticipation of Christ's first coming, we can anticipate uh, that He is coming back again because He says so in His Word. And so, uh, even now this, uh, come thou long expected Jesus uh, from Isaiah 61.1, where it says, the Lord hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And back in Isaiah's time, Christ hadn't come, yet He has today and He will come again. sitting beside you or um, by yourself and specifically ask God this morning to speak to you, that he would use his word to uh, 
show us something, something more about himself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you gave it to us and that um, and that it never lies. I thank you, Lord, that you do want to speak and that you, you do uh, speak to us, God. I ask that, um, that your spirit would have free reign here, that we would pay attention to your word. I thank you so much for giving us another day, giving us another opportunity to uh, come and worship you together, but then also um, throughout the rest of the day and the rest of this week to serve you. I pray, God, that we would honor you with our singing and that we would hear you through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would go ahead and please stand for our final song before the preaching. Even with the songs of looking forward to Christ's coming, um, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee, is that our heart's desire? Are, are we desiring Christ uh, as much as a deer that's, that's, that's thirsty and looking for water? And so, uh, let's sing, as the deer Joy.
seated. John chapter 14 this morning. John chapter 14. Got a call. and uh, I, I told you, if you were in Sunday school, I told you that we got some preachers coming. I mean, I got some, I'm excited about our lineup coming here for a little bit. But today, unfortunately, we couldn't find anybody. So you're stuck. So anyway, uh, uh, John chapter 14. I got a call. I asked to come to a funeral for, uh, for a family yesterday in Floyd. And uh, so I sat down and jotted down a few notes. They told me, and, and I admit with her, uh, they told me that their, their mother, the one I was doing the funeral for, their favorite verse was John chapter 14. I said, oh my goodness, I love that passage. That's my grandma's passage, amen. It might be yours, but it's my grandma's, and I'm not letting you have it, amen. And uh, what a wonderful passage it was. So I jotted down a few thoughts. Went there, it was an outdoor service. They're not allowing you to have funerals and all, so, so it was cold. Somebody say amen on cold. I'm telling you what. So yesterday I proved I could preach this message in nine minutes. <laughs> it won't happen this morning. It's pretty nice in here. Y'all comfortable? Everybody stretch your legs for a minute. Amen. It's been a while. We could be a while. <laughs> John chapter 14 uh, this morning. How many of you would think about this? And if you were going to die, and you knew you were going to die, and you had an opportunity to have one more meal with those closest to you, maybe your family, maybe your friends, those that, those that mean the world to you, and, and those that maybe feel some responsibility for you, want to impart some wisdom to them and give them some instructions for the future, those type of things. Well, what would you say to them? You ever think about that? Maybe you want to be an encouragement to them. What, what would you say to something like that? Well, in our text here, we're, we're seeing Jesus get to do that very thing. He's having one more meal, and, and he's imparting to his disciples now a, a couple promises that, that they're going to they're gonna carry them through, not only the days to come. By the way, they'll carry us through our days, too. And some promises that are encouraging, promises that are comforting, and, and will, will encourage you no matter what is going on in your life or their life to come. And so today what I want to do is just look at a few of these promises from from what a what a wonderful passage all of us know John 14 right and verses 1 through 6 but i want you to be reminded once again of the promises the comforting promises that we have in the lord jesus christ in that upper room he 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 starts off john chapter 14 and read along with me verse number 1 he says this let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me he says he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a, what's that next word? Place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how, how, how can we know the way? And Jesus answered unto him, or saith unto him, I am the truth and the way and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Can I tell you there's enough promises just in these couple verses to get you through your darkest days? 
There's enough promises just in these few verses to re- remind you when the world tells you you are nobody, you're nothing, that you are everything in Christ Jesus. There's enough promises just in these verses to know, listen, as bad as it may be, as dark as it may be, hey, there's coming a day where it's going to be light. Well, I'm, there's coming a day where we're going to get out of this old sin-cursed mud ball. The glory of heaven is awaiting for us, and it's promised to us right here in this passage. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the promises, the comforting promises that we have in the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. As we preach this morning this 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 very familiar passage, Lord, my prayer is it won't be a, a passage because it's so familiar that, that we tune out of. Lord, because there, there's some things in this, there's some truths in this passage that will help us, not only today, but Lord, every day of our lives when we're reminded of these foundational truths, these, these promises, these comforting promises we have from our Lord and Savior, from His lips Himself here in this text. Bless now the teaching and preaching of your word. Encourage the saints, Lord. There is one who knows you're not a Savior. Let today be their day of salvation. We'll give you all the honor and praise and the glory for for all that happens. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's why it went nine minutes yesterday. That's all I had. (laughs) I put some meat on it today, so we'll have a little bit more than that. But uh, I want you to see with me some of the comforting promises of Christ listed right here. Look back at verse number one. The first thing I wrote down was simply this. He promised peace. He promised peace. Jesus starts off with, let not your heart be, what's that next word? Trouble. Let not your heart be troubled, the Lord says. And, and Jesus telling disciples that they don't have to live full of fear. They don't have to live, listen, uh, full of anxiety and worry. And I'm telling you, we are living in a time and in a day where we have allowed fear to overcome us. Can I get an amen? Hey, we're living in a time and a day where, where listen, we're living distressed. There's more meds given out, and I'm, some folks need it. I'm not, I'm not going all the way there, but here's what I'm saying. We're, 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 we're trying to figure out peace from everything, but the author of peace, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we're, we're, we're allowing this world to discourage us. We're allowing this world to beat us up. We're allowing this world to, to, to worry us to the point our minds spin out of control. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? I'm telling you what, as I like to say it, uh, I say it a lot of times just like this. Uh, we get so caught up in the possibilities of what might happen that it might as well have already happened because we're living like it already happened, even though if it really actually probably did or maybe did happen when it's really not going to happen, that, that, that guess what? It wouldn't have been as bad as you thought it was going to be in the first place. Did y'all follow that? Aren't you glad I didn't write the Bible? Maybe we'll just use Jesus' word. Let not your heart be troubled. A little bit simpler. Isn't it? Let not your heart be troubled. He promised, listen, there would be peace. And he promised, listen, believe me, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. That's still true today. We got people, listen, every one of us got issues. I'm not minimizing that, but we let money problems worry us to death, right? We let marriage problems worry us to death. We let ministry problems worry us to death. We let, listen, everything, every facet of life is spinning us out of control. When my Savior said, let not your heart be troubled. What a promise. And he's going to tell us why, because he's going to promise us peace. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. And and so think about some of the peace that he's given us. Number one, I want you to know this, we can have peace with God. That's first and foremost this morning. Thank God we can have peace with God. See, if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never had a day where 
you realize you are a sinner separated from a holy God. You never had a day where you repented, you changed your mind, and you agreed with God that you're a sinner who needed a Savior, and you put your trust in Jesus Christ, then you don't have peace. You do not, listen to me carefully, you do not have peace with God today. But you can. You know how simple it is? It's, hey, Jesus said, repent ye and believe the gospel. Just come to him by faith this morning. Put your trust, full weight and confidence in the, the fact that he loved you so much. He died for you and was buried and rose again. And he said, listen, then, then I'll give you, I, we'll have, we'll be at peace with one another. I'll no longer hold that sin debt against you. I'll let you free from that sin debt and I'll, I'll bring you in and, and you can have peace with me. He did all the work. Listen to how Paul put it, Colossians 1, he said, having, and having made peace through the blood of his Christ by him to reconcile all things unto himself. And thank God, hey, in Ephesians 2.15, he said this, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. That's the, that's the, 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 the distance between us. Even the law, the commandments contain the ordinances. For to make in himself, talking about Jesus, of twain one new man, so making peace. Or maybe this way, I like how Paul put it in Romans 5 and verse 1. He said, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. How did we get it? Because we're justified, made righteous, declared righteous. Why? Because we lived such a good life. No. How do you say? By faith. He gives us His righteousness. He took our sins. And because when we believe that, when we trust in Him, He says, listen, we can have peace with God. How many of you think we got peace with God this morning? Have you been saved by the grace of God? Listen, you have peace with God this morning. If you haven't, I'm telling you, you don't have peace with God. And you need to get that settled. Because He is a holy God. He is a just God. And there will be a payment for that. The wages of sin is death. If it ended there, it would be a gloom and doom. But I'm telling you what, but, amen, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Trust in him this morning. Hey, you can not only have the, the peace with God, but praise God, listen to me, Christians, this is back for you this morning. We can have the peace of God. Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus said. We can, we can have peace with God, and we can have the peace of God. You want to know why? Because Ephesians 2.14 says us, he is our peace. See, that's the key. We don't have to whoop it up ourselves. Somebody say amen on that. We're the ones that whooped up all the other mess. He said he is our peace. It's not me that brings peace. It's not me trying to turn over a new leaf. He is our peace. Look down in our the same text, down in verse 27 with me. Jesus speaking here, and look what he says. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace, whose peace is he giving us? My peace, Jesus said, I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. There it is again. Neither be afraid. Why, why can we not be, let our heart not be troubled? Because he is our peace. And he said, I'll give you not just any peace. I'll give you my peace. We can have the peace of God. We can have uh, peace with God. Thank God. And it's all available through Jesus Christ. Paul put it this way. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. Notice, you remember how the next verse goes? And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful promise today? Be careful. Don't be anxious. Don't get all worked up about anything. Just bring it to him in prayer and supplication. Thanking him in advance for the fact that he's going to not only answer that prayer, uh, but he's going to give you the peace of God that passes all understanding. You want to know why it passes all understanding? Because it isn't your peace, it isn't my peace. 
It's his peace. And he gives us his peace. Aren't you glad Jesus? He's just a little simpler, right? He said, let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> just don't let it be troubled. Hey, he's promised his peace. But look with me, verse 2. We'll go on. He promised not only his peace, but, but a place was promised. A place was promised. Look at verse 2. In my father's house, he said, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, and I go to prepare, what's that next word? A place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now we're going to stop and have a little Sunday school for just a moment. But, but you need to understand something here. I know immediately we read this and, and, and the first thing we think about is heaven, right? Heaven. He's preparing a place for us in heaven. And that is an absolute wonderful truth, and, and he certainly is. But there's another place he pre- prepared for us before he ever went to heaven. There was a place he pre- promised, and he provided that place. You know what he did? He promised and provided a place for us to be forgiven. If that's your notes this morning, you ought to write that down. He promised and provided a place for us to be forgiven. You know what that place was? It's called Calvary. <laughs> it's the cross of Calvary. Uh, and in John chapter 19, verse 17, he said this, And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. Uh, hey, it's through that cross that we're reconciled. Amen? How many be thankful for the place of Calvary today? I'm thankful that we've been reconciled through that. Paul said, Ephesians 2, 16, that he might make, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity. Again, remove the distance thereby. It's through the cross my sin debt's been paid. And Philippians 2, 8, and it still says, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, even the death of the cross the word of god says hey hey it's through the cross i've been pardoned colossians 1 20 still says and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself and and so it's through the cross that my sins have been blotted out this morning colossians 2 14 blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us he took it out of the way the word of god says and nailed it to the cross somebody ought to thank god this morning for that place called calvary the place of the cross that he provided it was his plan all along by the way don't don't get an idea that oh man Adam sinned, what are we going to do? And there was some kind of heavenly meeting. He knew, right? He knows the beginning from the end. He knew that was going to happen. And his plan all along was send his son to die on, our, on that cross for our sins and in our place. Hey, thank God for the place called Calvary. Hey, when, so when you read this next time, I don't want you to forget the first place that was prepared, the, the place called Calvary. But I want you to also remember the place that's promised as well, that's already prepared. That's the place called heaven. Amen. So the first one was a, he promised a, and provided a place to be forgiven, but, but he also promised and provided a place to be our forever. <laughs> and that is heaven. You know, John got a glimpse of this. Flip with me in your Bible to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. I want you to see the, just a little glimpse of that. Our forever home. Somebody say amen on that. Let me promise you this. As, be- as beautiful as those mountains are here in God's country, somebody say amen in Virginia, <laughs> uh, it, don't, it don't hold a candle to this. Revelation chapter 21, talking about that place, the place he provided for us forever. John says in the beginning of the chapter, he said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. 
And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her bride. And I heard a voice, a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. I like this part. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He said unto me, Write, for these few words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give to him that is a thirst to the fountain of the water of life freely. Look over at verse 10. John starts to describe it. He says, And he called me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Can you just imagine? Get your sanctified imaginations going while you read this. Amen. And he had a great a wall, great and high, and had twelve gates, and the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of that city had twelve foundations, in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof and the city life four square and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the, the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof and 140 and four cubits and according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. And the wall of the building was like of jasper. The, the city was pure gold like into clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. Go down to verse 21. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved, that's a good Bible word, y'all know that? Saved, amen. The nations of them are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no more night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Thank God for this place called heaven. Amen. We can't even begin to fathom. I, I wish I could just stop and explain. John saw it. I'm going to see it. Amen. But I got no adequate words. Or just read that and think about that wonderful place. Hey. It's, been, it's a provided place. It was, it was part of it. Peace was promised. A place was promised. A place at the cross where our sin debt was paid for. A place for our future called heaven. But, but not only that, look with me, verse 3. A, a plan was provided and promised. A plan was provided and promised. He says this in our, uh, back in our text in verse number 3. He said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, 
I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. You know what Jesus said there? He said he's going to come back for us. Somebody say amen on that. <laughs> hey, this promise, this plan, listen, it, it was pictured, it, it really, the, 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 it was pictured in a picture of the Jewish wedding ceremony. To fully understand the text, you have to understand the customs, really, uh, of the times and so forth. And, and, uh, and I've read after many Jewish historians, and everybody's got a little different variation of this, but, but uh, the, some of the foundational truths are true. When it, when it came to that Jewish marriage custom, the idea was there was a covenant first made with the bride they call that the betrothal period and the groom would, would then leave the, the the father's house he'd go to the bride's house and they they'd agree on a price a mohar as they called it and and they he'd basically purchase his bride and after that was done they'd make this betrothal covenant and from that point on they were considered we would maybe consider it engaged today but but according to god's word they were considered husband and wife already and they were to consecrate themselves set themselves apart for one another and they would drink of a a cup to symbolize that that covenant but but then the bride the the bridegroom then the husband to go away for a while can you imagine that getting married to that babe you've been looking for and that you just gave a goat for i'm just kidding <laughs> and then having to go away you didn't get to consummate the marriage in the way we think of right you had to go away he said what did he go away to do well he went away to start preparing a place he went back to his father's house and, and he would build on an addition many times, sometimes a separate house, but usually in addition to his father's house, they often lived together and the bride would use that time to prepare herself and, and her parents would teach her all the things she needed to know about being a good bride and then the groom, he, you know, here's the thing, he'd, he, he would work on that place and he'd work on that place, but he was not allowed to go get his bride until the father told him he could go get his bride, that it was time, that it was ready. And then when he did get to come and get his bride, the, the, when the father said it was time, he came and he, he, he brings some friends and he went to the bride's home and they, they proceed through night is the way it would go and the people in town would see them coming and marching and the torches and, and some of the music and they knew, listen, there's going to be a wedding and they knew that bride, uh, that bridegroom was coming for, for his bride and he was heading down that way. And, but here's the thing, listen, she didn't get a phone call. She didn't get a text or a tweet. She didn't know he was coming. She never knew when he was coming. She knew he was coming, but didn't know when. But it was promised he was coming. And then as they got a little bit closer, as they're coming towards the uh, towards his bride's home, that procession's going down through there, uh, heading down through there. They said many times they would blow a trumpet. They would give a shout. And she knew, she knew her bridegroom had come for her. See, if we understood Jewish customs, we'd read this maybe a shade different, wouldn't we? It was always God's plan. He laid it out in the way they did their, their ceremonies. And can I tell you, just like that bridegroom came back for his bride, when the time is right, when the place is right, and that's up to God, that only the Father knows the time. My Bible says, listen, uh, my bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming back for me too. And he's coming back for you. Thank God for that. You know he promised that. 
Uh, Paul wrote over in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13, he said, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep that sorrow not as even those that have, which have no hope, he said. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, boy, the gospel's everywhere, isn't it? Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He said, listen, those that have gone on before us, my grandma, praise God, that body's coming up out of there, going to be reignited with her soul, which is already with the Lord Jesus in the glory of the clouds. She gets to go first, but, but then for this, we say to you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive, the ones of us still in our fleshly bodies living that listen, uh, when the Lord comes back and he says or remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent we're not going first, they go first them which are asleep, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel do you see the parallel? And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, the Bible says, shall be called up together with them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words Paul wrote under the inspiration of God. Take that back. Let not your heart be troubled. Listen, it doesn't matter how bad this old world gets. Listen to me carefully. It doesn't matter how liberal our government gets doesn't matter how many restrictions they put in, put off, whatever. Remember, this isn't our home. we got a better one away. And it's promised. The place has been prepared. Hey, the promise has been made. And His plan will be executed. My Savior, my Lord, is coming back. If you believe that this morning, give me an amen. I mean, if you really believe that this morning, give me an amen. Hey, Jesus said, I am coming back, he said. That's why, friends, I, I'm not looking for the, the undertaker. Somebody say amen. I'm looking for the uppertaker. Hey, that's why this morning I'm not looking for signs. Some of y'all getting all caught up in that mess. I'm not looking for signs. I'm looking for my Savior. I'm looking for the blessed hope and the, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming. Look up our redemption draweth nigh. Because Jesus promised peace. He promised a place. He promised a plan. Lastly, I want you to see this. He also promised a path. A path. Look at verse 6. Thomas goes and asks him. Old Doubting Thomas. And we like to make fun of him, don't we? At least he asked. Somebody say amen. Can you imagine being the one that's going to ask all the questions and forever in God's word, or you're that guy? <laughs> At least he asked. And thank God he asked because because he asked, we get the answer. Y'all ever think about that? You ever heard somebody ask something you, that, 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 you know, they, they, they come and they kind of, I got a dumb question. You ever had somebody? And then they ask a question, and the truth is you had the same question. Can I get an amen? And you're so thankful they asked. <laughs> That's kind of the way I look at Thomas many times in Scripture. He said, how can we know, Lord? How, how do we know the way? Well, Jesus said, okay, let me make it really clear. And he says this in verse 6. Jesus saying to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by me. That's pretty blank. That's pretty black and white, isn't it? He didn't say, I'm a way. He didn't say, I'm part of the way. He said, I am the way. The only way. Can I encourage you this morning? 
I don't know if you whether you're watching by live stream, whether you're watching here with us in the building, and I'm thankful you're here. No matter where you're listening to this message this morning in the parking lot and the radio, I, it doesn't matter. If you're relying on anything other than Jesus Christ, you're not relying on the way. And there's only one way. You said that's awful narrow, preacher, because other pre- teach, other places teach you. You know, you got to do all this good works. And let me remind you, my Bible says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Let me remind you, salvation's by grace through faith. It's the it's the gift of God, not of works. Unless we would boast, we would. We just boast like crazy if we did it. Let me remind you, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. So all that works you think you're doing, they're so good that are going to merit you and earn you heaven. My Bible said there's none that doeth good. In fact, my Bible said all our righteousness is like a filthy rag. It means the best thing you've done on your best day ever compared to a holy God. It's like the filthy rag they used to wipe the ooze of leprosy off with. You say, preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say you're not part of the way. Amen. That means you don't have to baptism won't do it that means taking the lord's supper won't do it being a member of a church won't do it giving your money doing more good than bad that's not how you get to heaven if that's how you get to heaven then why did jesus have to die i get fired up about this point but here's why i get fired up about it because i think it's blasphemy it's making you part savior we hit on that Tuesday night, but that that's what it is. It's saying, Well, I gotta do what Jesus did wasn't enough for me. I gotta do something too. I gotta live good enough. Well, if you could live good enough, we didn't need him. But we gotta have him. Because we can't live good enough. He's the only way. He said, I am the way. Period. Hey, that ought to free somebody this morning. If you're trying to rely on something you're doing, I hope I can make it. That's the answer you usually get. I'm a trying. Well, quit trying and quit hoping and start believing. Because he said he is the way. And when you trust in the way, it is settled. You are on your way. Amen. The way. But then he goes on to say the truth and the life. Amen. A lot of things out there call itself truth. Don't you love the truth police and the and politics today? I love the ones that like like to post when you post something. Well, we don't know if this is true or not. Who died and made you? <laughs> Thought it was social. I don't know how they get by with that. But I'm gonna get off. I'm gonna get off that real quick. But I'm in IT, so y'all gotta understand. Those people are supposed to just be mediums, not news agencies on social media. How they get by now, telling you what's true, not true. Goodness gracious! Let me tell you what's true. I don't care where you are politically. Don't get me wrong here. Let me tell you what's true. Jesus is truth. Amen. Jesus is truth. Quit arguing about all the other mess. And let's tell them about Jesus. Because <laughs> he is the way, the truth, and he's the life. He's the only way to eternal life. My Bible still says, Acts 4.12, neither, uh, neither is there any salvation in any other, for there is none other name given under heaven amongst men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus promised the path, and Jesus is the path. If you want to go to this place he's prepared for you, you've got to go down the path he's prepared for you, and through the path he's prepared for you. And when you go there, you're going to have to go through a place called Calvary. 
where he willingly shed his blood and died on that cross for your sins and my sins. And you're going to have to go to a place called repentance where you change your mind and, and you agree with God. You're going to have to go to a place called confession uh, where you, you literally say the same thing God said uh, about you. And that is that this, that we're all sinners. Amen. And that is simply this, that we can't save ourselves. And that is simply this, that we do have a Savior and His name is Jesus. And listen, when you get to that place, because you went down the path through Jesus, and you, you end up at, at that place at Calvary, you end up with the promised place of heaven, can I tell you what the natural result will be? Peace, peace, peace. No matter what anybody does to me, no matter what happens in this with our government and our country and in your family situations, there is nothing can take that away. I am heaven bound with the hammer down and it's because of the way, the truth, and the life. Not mine, but his. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Boy, isn't that some comforting promises from scriptures this morning? Just to know that, listen, uh, peace was promised. A place was promised. His plan was pictured and promised. And the path is promised. And it's been provided. Have you trusted in that path this morning? Have you trusted in the truth this morning? Have you trusted in the way this morning? His name is Jesus. Trust in Him today if you haven't. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. Lord, for our time together in the Word of God. Thank You this morning that I, I not only can have peace, but Lord, I can have Your peace. Lord, I believe when Paul wrote that peace that passes all understanding, it was because it was your peace he was talking about that's available to us. Lord, there's folks all over this room that are burdened, that are beaten down, Lord, that have allowed anxiety and stress and politics and, and whatever the source, money, whatever the source is, Lord, to just beat them down to a pulp. I'm reminding them this morning of your precious word. Let not your heart be troubled. Hey, just believe. Not only in God, but believe in Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. The one that provided the path. And you promised you would give us your peace. That peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I'm talking to others in here today that see no hope, no future. Lord, we have a lively hope. And He is coming again for us. Lord, it's always been part of your plan. Always has. We thank you for that this morning. Lord, and thank you most of all, I guess, this morning, Lord, for the, for the path, for the way. The way to go to know that heaven's our home. And that's by simply by faith, trusting in Christ. Have your will and way now in this invitation, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you'd stand with Heads bowed and eyes closed all over the room this morning. I want to start with some Christians just to begin with as Miss Joanne starts to play softly. How many would say, Preacher, you didn't need to go past point one? I'm burdened. I'm distressed. I'm discouraged. I, I, I'm living my life with anything but peace. And I remind you this morning, that you, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. 
why don't you come to an old-fashioned altar or do business with God right there in your seat this morning and say, Lord, I need your peace. You promised you'd give it to me. And today I'm claiming that promise by faith. I can't do this on my own anymore. I'm too burdened. I'm too full of stress and anxiety. Lord, right now I'm casting my care upon you because you said you care for me. Be my peace. I don't know if that's you this morning for some Christians like that this morning, but there are. I invite you. Just come do some business with God. Watch He play softly. While we're doing that, I want to talk to maybe another person or two in the room. I don't know your situation. But I do know this. If you've never had a time and a place where you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone, listen, right now, you're in dangerous spot. And I say this out of a loving heart, out of a caring heart, out of a heart of grace this morning. But I don't want you to be in that spot. See, if you you died today, if the Lord returned in the clouds like we talked about, He promised He's going to return, you'd be done. There won't be another opportunity. I don't care what the movies say. I stick with the Bible. But you got an opportunity today. You got an opportunity right now to get your eternity settled. You got an opportunity right now to call upon the name of the Lord. And maybe you're sitting there, you said, Preacher, but how? How? Can I just simply simply tell you what, what got me in? See, it's all about what Jesus did, not about what we do. But my Bible said that, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I've heard a bunch of theologians say that wasn't even written for us. Well, it worked on me. Amen. I agreed with God I was a sinner. And I agreed with God that Jesus was a Savior. And I believed that in my heart while I confessed it with my mouth. And let me tell you, there's not been a day since I haven't been saved, and there never will be. So if you're here today and you're not sure heaven's your home, you don't have that eternity settled, you don't know that that place we talked about and read about in Revelation 21 won't be your eternal destiny, then right now, here's what I'm asking you to do. If you, would agree, if you agree with God that you're a sinner, then right now, call upon His name. Right now. You can go right there where you said. Right now. Say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Right now. Pray something like this. The words aren't as important as the belief in the heart. Something like this. Silently right where you are. Father God, I agree with you today that I'm a sinner. And I'm turning and putting my faith and trust completely in Jesus to be my Savior. I believe that He died for me. I believe that He was buried. And I believe He rose again for me. I trust You now, Lord Jesus. Thank You for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. If you're here today, listen, every head still bowed. 
every eye is still closed no one's looking around the preacher's not going to call you up or embarrass you I don't do that but today if you right there in the privacy of your own seat honestly did business with God honestly listen understood you were a sinner honestly believed in your heart as you called upon his name to save you I sure would love to pray with you anybody like that just right now nobody's looking it's a preacher pray with me I asked him to save me today anybody like that in the room Father we thank you for the peace the path the plan Lord we just thank you for Jesus today may we be encouraged by the comforting promises of scripture in Christ's name Amen Alrighty right before we sing our final song of closing just want to mention uh, if anybody is interested in uh, participating in a kind of a Christmas choir it's not going to be something where we're doing auditions or uh, all sorts of solos so it's all good in fact everyone's more than welcome to come we will uh, be as conscientious as we can about uh, folks who have, have concerns whether we're, like we should be wearing masks or social distancing whatever the case may be we'll be able to uh, facilitate that but if you're interested then come on up here and meet at the front right after the service uh, just to kind of get a few details on what that'll look like uh, but we'd love to have you we'd love to have you as we uh, enter the Christmas season let's go ahead and close in with joyful joyful we adore you dismissed.